You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Um, Did you see the first documented case of a bioluminescent land mammal? What? You know how you see that in... uh, What's so funny? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this an episode of X-Files? <laughs> no, this is for this is for real. There's picture evidence of it, too. No, this is just 2020 shots. <laughs> it's just 20, yeah. It sounds about right. At this point, we should be able to accept anything that comes yeah. our way. No. Um, it's a, I think it's a Tasmanian devil. That sounds also about right. What? Mm-hmm. The picture of it, it's glowing with blue eyes. It's wild. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, we need to pull it up. Okay. Young Charlie. Hey, that's an honor. Uh, search a uh, bioluminescent. You want me to spell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be the smart one here. Nope. Okay, let me rephrase that. You're supposed to be the Asian one here. Supposed to be. Yeah. I don't like that. This fool right here? Yep, that's it right here. Is that kind of crazy, though? You can see it coming out of its ears. I'm saving so we can add uh, yeah. our Insta. Um. I it looks like a bat, dude. Can I see it one more time? Almost, yeah. Oh, that's so lit. <laughs> basically, what bioluminescence is, it's almost like a, you know, like those glow-in-the-dark stars you put on your ceiling as a kid? <laughs> Hell course. yeah, I still got those, bro. Spell yeah. out your name. Yeah. <laughs> the Big but Dipper. They only illuminate light that it's taken in. So it's like if you shine a super bright light for a few minutes, it's going to be brighter. Mm-hmm. Is this the same thing? It's It's kind of like the same thing, so... <laughs> It takes like a special camera to see that light uh, because the bioluminescence isn't strong enough yet. Hmm. So what vat of toxic waste did this thing fall into? <laughs> I, I don't know. But it says that it's the first documented case, which tells me that this has been going on for a while now, which could be the backing of a lot of stories with glowing eyes. Oh, interesting. Was my thought process. I do know they took the genes from either an octopus, a cuttlefish, or a squid, and they put that in rabbits a while ago, like years ago, and that's how they they got them to glow under certain conditions. Did you guys ever see that movie Sky High? Oh, no. Mm -mm. So it's like a school where all the superheroes go to for high school. X-Men. And they uh, show off their powers the first day to decide whether they're a hero or a sidekick. One of the kids' superpowers is he glows. And it's like during the daytime. So he's like, Coach, you got to come up. You like cup your hands around me so you can see. <laughs> I'm, I swear I'm doing it right now. <laughs> Dude, that's sad. That's <laughs> funny. That's crazy, though. Yeah. Like kind of cross cross breeding. That makes sense. I was reading an article about ants like yesterday and how. Ants have it in them to, like, the queen ant has to try and eat as many different types of substances as possible because... I can relate. (laughs) The more they eat, the more they adapt into, like, her future, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this. So, like, develop, like, immunities or, like, stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Like, taking on the strengths of other species by, like, ingesting them. And then she gives birth to other ants. Dude, that's metal, bro. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> she like, yeah. takes their life force in and it makes Almost. her stronger. Yeah. So she really does eat that heart and brain that's just of her enemies, bro. That's wild. <laughs> Dude, I got an interesting voicemail today. So okay. a listener of the podcast called you. Who at the moment is going to re- rename, rename, rename. Damn. Rename. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to tell their name. So I just listened to their voicemail because I was like super busy at the time. I was on a call. Wait, since when are you putting your number out into the ether? It will make more sense when more comes to light, okay. but I got to keep it under wraps for the moment because I just don't know what to do with the information. So I'm going to tell you guys. The voicemail was really short. And it was, hey, I'm listening to the last episode. You guys talked about the monolith in Utah. Uh-huh. If you want to know about who has it, I have inside information. Let me know. Interesting. So one of our listeners, I think, knows firsthand who took it. <laughs> They're asking for money? Like from us? Yeah. Or a free shirt or something? No. They were just like, let me know if you want to know. And I'm tempted to like have them come on and talk about it. Why not? Because it is... Oh. I'm going to bleep that. I read... Okay, last time we talked about this, like it had just been taken down. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who. I came across an article of a photographer who went to go take some night shots of it. And he was there witnessing the taking down of the monolith. And by his account, they were like three middle-aged men. They came with a wheelbarrow and it took them all but a few minutes. Whoa. Yeah. And I have really any tools. They just kind of like pushed on it and it kind of budged. So all of them just like put their foot on it and like Spartan kicked it down. And it just came out of the ground and hmm. they threw it in the wheelbarrow and took it off and they were mumbling some shit like, listen to 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this is such a disgrace to like the natural land, yada, yada. And the photographer ended his, po- it was a Facebook post that was shared, I think on KSL, hmm. which is Utah's main news channel source. But the photographer ended his Facebook post by saying, and I would have to agree I think things like this bring too much unwarranted attention and has great potential to to destroy the landscape, which to an extent I understand. But at the same time, well, good thing you got your pictures in and like did your own thing before somebody (laughs) took it. So it was just hypocritical. Mm. But Also at the same time, it's literally nothing. It's just some random monolith. Like I wouldn't go and see it. I don't know. It's... (laughs) It's the same reason why anybody would go see anything else in nature, in my opinion. Mm. Like, you decide if it's cool or not, and if you're going to put the effort in to go hike out to go see it, whether it's a lake or a man-made structure. or I get what they're saying, too. It is a fine line by opening that doorway to, like, having people just start doing installations everywhere. Um, I feel like, personally, uh, the monolith was pretty respectful because it was like, you know what I mean? But what if tomorrow someone goes to the Delicate Arch? And puts like a swing right in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't like like ruin something. I wouldn't connect those dots. Mm. I wouldn't say like because of the monolith, it caused that. No, dude. Violent video games causes violence. (laughs) (laughs) We've been hearing that since the 90s. I'm just trying to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can understand that conversation of like not appreciating it. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's always odd when one group has a belief. And then they like, well, this is the belief, so I need to inflict this belief on everyone. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, we don't like that monolith, so we're going to go take it down and make sure no one I can. I don't know. It's know. like white knighting nature. <laughs> um, but you were saying friends oh. took it down? Or he just knows who did. Okay. I'm wondering if like the description matched. Maybe that or... photographer made that shit up. He could have. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't even post any pictures. Who does that was stuff the thing. and then go, and then like mumbles their intentions of, I'm I'm doing this to make sure you know I protect nature. It's like yeah. no, dude, you get in, you get out, you yeah. do your job, you be quiet. Yeah. If anyone's listening, we're doing this for these reasons. You know what I mean? That's weird to me. Just prime villain. Just <laughs> yeah. What do they? What is that monologue? Monologue before they finish the deed. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the comments like kind of despise the dude who posted the photographer just because. He got flamed. It, it sounded like self-righteous, like talk, like speaking against ruining the landscape and, you know. But he was out there with his friends, so. Taking photos. Yeah. Hmm, double standard. Interesting. There are a ton of ones popping up everywhere. True. So copycats are having fun with it. And honestly, at this time, it's like, I get that. People are bored as hell. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, let's do this. Let's make this a thing, oh. which I'm for. Dude, I'm especially bored. <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, yeah. I am and I am not <laughs> I'm pretty busy right now, so it's like, I don't know. 
there are moments though, like last week or two, right when we got our puppy, when it was like I couldn't really leave. I had to stay at my home all day, every day. And I finished every feed I had. So it was like IG, Reddit, YouTube. Imager. Like everything yeah. I had was done. And I was like, well, <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> <laughs> like I have nothing. Yeah, so those moments were hard. But anyway, what are we, what are we talking about? No, Dude, December. That. December, December. I'm stoked. Oh, let's talk about Sean and I. We went to a yurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. So every year we stay at a yurt. My wife books us a, a spot near the uh, Wyoming-Utah border out in the Uintas. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, dude. Um, super remote. Last year, we almost died. True. I don't know if we well, talked about it on the pod, but by the end of our hike, Kevin was looking for trees to actively sleep under in like <laughs> negative four degrees. And all of us were like, trying to you take would have off died. his clothes at yeah. the same time. Yeah. It it was it was not great. We started the hike super late. We ended up finishing the hike in pitch black, and they didn't groom the trail. We didn't have snowshoes, so we're wading through like waist deep snow. This sounds like a pattern. Yeah, every year adventure. Actually, this year we got there so early. We're sitting around the table inside the yurt, like I don't even know what to do. Yeah, and like, what do we do now? <laughs> we had like all day, but this year we got there, and there was not one person out there. So it was remote, and it was awesome. We walked in. My dog was there. Went to the lake, the frozen lake. Played on the lake. What else we do? We sledded for a little. Just nice. Had some good food. Sweet. Check out our IG. I'll post something. (laughs) Dope. That's that. That's it for that. (laughs) Uh, guys, listeners, something you might not know about me. I've watched Survivor since season one. What? That's twenty years. Damn. I was. 10 years old when I watched Richard Hatch win season one. And I've wanted to go on Survivor ever since I was 10. Dude, I remember when I was a little kid watching Survivor for the first time thinking it was a really cool concept. And it still is. But I thought it was so cool that I went on my compact brand computer. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Turned on that dial-up, waited a few minutes, and went to Survivor.com or whatever the website was. And... Looked into buying one of the Survivor buffs because oh! I thought they were so dope. <laughs> Girl, I'm on Yellow Squad. Yeah, <laughs> freaking claiming at an early age. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you're a nerd dog yeah. monster. <laughs> no, but I. Okay, yeah. I, tell I, us about your 20 <laughs> seasons of Survivor. You're so you nerdy. <laughs> anyway, I've uh, obsessively watched every season. No, but I wanted to go on, and I've always made up an excuse why I haven't applied yet. <laughs> and my uh, longest standing excuse is I need abs before I apply. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, right when I get back Bro, in you shape. you seen any of those people? <laughs> Dude, well, actually, in the beginning seasons, everyone was like a ripped model. But now they'd just be taking Now they got everyone. like accountants. <laughs> yeah, they'd be taking schlubby people. Because <laughs> they realize all these dummies who just look good but aren't that smart. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, yeah, so right. You're right. Maybe I don't need abs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you fit in. Excuse <laughs> gone, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would love to go on. That's like, that's a bucket list of mine. And I tell people I watch Survivor and they're like, that's still on TV. And I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's on its Check 41st the season. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. So these people are sending in their audition tapes, right? Thousands and thousands, I'd assume, uh-huh. to the producers of the show. And they probably have a team going through all of these videos, watching these auditions and interviews, people telling about their lives or interesting stories or showcasing skills and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What skills or occupations? Like, how do you set yourself apart? What do you think gives them the automatic green light? Like, ooh, let's put this on this person on to the next round. Uh, uh, a lot of it, just like good for TV people. Yeah, I think, think it just depends. And they're, I think they're kind of looking for archetypes that kind of fit into. Like, yeah, this is the jester. This is the mm, flirtatious exactly. girl. This is the nerd who will be an outcast, but's really smart. Um, and all those archetypes they're looking for evolve. So in the beginning, it was pretty standard. Like, this is the jock. This is the good-looking girl. This is the smart nerd. But now it's like, you know, it's a lot less stereotypical nowadays, I think, everyone. So it's like, you know, I'm a huge buff gay dude who graduated Harvard. You know what I mean? Who's like really religious. Like that's like who they're kind of looking for now. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's 2020, so they got to adjust. Well, yeah, it's like so, yeah, there aren't – I think it's less about stereotypes and more about just like personality and how you come across. So I do know – 
by watching a lot of extras. <laughs> It's like Boston Rob, who's... Uh, Extras? Where do you find these? Bro, don't ask me. This is like the second DVD okay. that you get with the games on it and behind the scenes. When Netflix was mail-in DVDs, I was like 18, 17. And I forgot about I that. I signed myself up because I heard Survivors were on there. And I started mailing back and forth DVDs to watch all the seasons of Survivor. And they had Extras on those DVDs. Anyway... <laughs> they go through a process you like go to an audition you talk to some producers or low lying and then you like go up until you're talking to like the host and the top producers yeah. who's the main dude the the what's jeff the probst jeff probst shout out jeff yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he's been it. there forever the puka yeah. shell guy dude, he has Gel. the Day best one. job in the world <laughs> where he just shows up gets to live in fiji for like a month you know yeah. at, a, at a resort he's not roughing it huh. and kick people off the island yeah <laughs> he shows up for like 18 minutes a day tells him to swim in the water goes back to the resort you know (laughs) but i do know that you know their interviews and it's like how you come across are you super charismatic are you thoughtful things like that so you have to do well the example i was bringing up is boston rob walked out and i think he had an interaction with jeff before and jeff was like i don't think you're going to be on the show or something like that and he goes you you don't think i'll be on the show and he goes i don't know and then he opened the door back to like all the executives and they're all laughing around the table because he just was like so charming and talking. Yeah. And he's like, I think I'm going to be on the show. And then he was, and he <laughs> went on to win. But how would you guys sell yourself if you were doing an audition? So you're like, I'm Sean. I moved a lot. Uh, I would try to sell myself as not like capable, like incapable. <laughs> In what way? I guess that would be kind of their comedic relief. So I'm throwing it back to like the shticks, <laughs> old school shticks. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, you should be like, if there's any ankle centric <laughs> challenges, challenges. <laughs> i might be challenged i'm your guy <laughs> oh, i don't know i don't know would you be like i'm a music producer you know i'm a freelance artist i've lived life adventurous i don't like marketing myself i know off it sucks ever. <laughs> yeah so my video would I don't know. I feel like I'd play Survivor in my room for a day, like bringing some canned can meat. Like how I, just practice. Like, <laughs> this is a type and shadow of what it'll be like, yeah. but on an island, but in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I can't leave the bed. The floor is lava. Just like Damn. in my house, I'm like jumping from the island to the couch, just do laundry. That'd be a standout for sure. Dude, think- I'm about it. I think I'm applying <laughs> for the show. All right. Is I think that- I'm playing The Floor is Lava as my audition for Survivor. So if we get 100 patrons, we will all audition for Survivor. <laughs> I, I promise you there's nobody else who's going to have that that audition tape. I've seen like some people like set up challenges in their backyard and they're like taking so they're like army crawling because they show people's auditions. It's pretty funny. There's some funny ones. <laughs> What's the host name again? Brian Sinkrest. Oh, no. <laughs> Howie Mandel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They all have the same, like, they, they all come from the same cloth, kinda, I feel like. Yeah. Just very, I don't know, kind of square. <laughs> like in personality or shape? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> personality. I feel you. <laughs> Dude, how do people nut on Survivor? You go 39 days without busting? No. It's just like no nut, no You're November, just going to run out into the jungle? I mean, do all of them have cameras on them all the time? I think it's kind of. What I'm thinking, I think kind of, yeah. They need that content for the show. <laughs> but they have people hooking up on the show every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's know? true, yeah. So how do you get a nut? It should be hot. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. Probably cutting that, but I just I honestly was thinking about that today. I mean, honestly. <laughs> or you find some coconut or something and <laughs> put two of them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn. Uh coconut. Get that coconut. <laughs> Got oh, you. Um, I mean, they got three little holes on there. So <laughs> take your pick. Yeah, <laughs> you got options, bro. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> that coconut juice <laughs> and the coconut meat. <laughs> got to husk that. Okay, that, <laughs> that shell. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I I think it's it's time to <laughs> to get into these stories, boy. I'm down. Let's roll. All right, we roll our 20-sided die to determine in what order we tell our stories. Highest number goes first. Let's see the rolls. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. 
when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, And it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2, a new podcast from Crowd Network. Sean gets a 19, I get 18, you get a 9. I think that's 4, dog. No, it, it switched. <laughs> it's oh, dark in it. here, guys, oh. <laughs> so don't judge us too hard. <laughs> Can we say that again? What? Who, who got going to go Sean, me, Charles. I'm down. <laughs> All right. So my story today comes from Primer FR. We'll call him Ryan. So Ryan, I like that. Let's go with Ryan. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to say primer or far the whole time. So uh, Ryan. Okay, sorry. This starts Leader out of the heavy, Autobots. bro. Um, sorry, it starts off heavy. You're making jokes. He's <laughs> like killed himself. <laughs> like fuck. Well, Ryan in his late teenage years came into some money. Oh, because his dad killed himself. Okay. Oh shit. <laughs> Dude, those situations are always like, yeah. <laughs> How often does that happen? <laughs> those situations are always like, yeah. got that. Every time I go through that, I'm like, oh. Hey. <laughs> Come on, Like, man. this money sucks. <laughs> I don't know how you feel. Okay, so he said he came into some money. That was his inheritance. And at the time of his dad's passing, his mom and dad had owned a cabin up in Oregon. And it was near Mount Bachelor. If you know where that is, um, you can look it up. Now, like, after like nice cabin, like, yeah, like like Tahoe, or like I built these. I built this with my hands over twenty years. He describes it a little bit, and it seems like a nice cabin to okay. me. He says it's out in the middle of nowhere, and there's like three of these cabins within a block radius of each other, and then the other ones are kind of miles off. But it's like this little community that's really nice. He says that his cabin or his parents' cabin, was like a two-story cabin and had like all the amenities in it and everything. So the master bedroom was really nice. It had two extra bedrooms up on the second floor. So it seems like a nice cabin to me. Now, after his dad's passing, his mom couldn't afford to keep the cabin anymore. So she's going to put it up for sale. And near a month or so before this cabin's going to be put up for sale, they stopped renting it so that people could come in and just fix everything up, get it ready to put on the on the market. Hmm. Did you know, real quick, did you know that reading of the will is not a real thing? I didn't. That's only like in movies. That's lame. What yeah, the? I was reading an Ask Reddit with, uh, the Ask Reddit question was something like, lawyers, what's, what are some things that like normal like people don't know? Like people in your profession don't know. And somebody talked about like wills. I was reading that whole thread. And he said, reading the wills aren't a thing. He's like, people, he's like, I deal in that specifically. And every week people come to me like, when's the reading of the will? He said, one of these times I'm going to bring in a, I'm going to go along with the reading of the will and invite some blonde lady with like a veil to like come sit in. (laughs) So they're like, who the hell? Who is dad sleeping with? Yeah, exactly. But uh, five cabins, that's lit. <laughs> yeah. No. Real quick, though, before I forget, we should start a business where we like do read or will readings because I feel like people would be like, yeah, I want that. Like, I want to know. So we'll like get hooked up with the lawyer. Who's the make person it dramatic. who's in charge of the will? I, I think, think you, it isn't there. Isn't there their lawyer? 
No, like this is territory I know nothing about. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it all works. <laughs> yeah, uh, my parents made Bubba like the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call it, adjudicator like or the, whatever. Yeah, something, something like that to kind of moderate <laughs> it so that when they die, he. That's DJ's younger brother yeah. for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I get I get the land in Tonga, so. <laughs> <laughs> they just told you that one day or something, or what? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. By last, the way, a year ago you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know dude my extensive knowledge of will reading comes from only movies yeah i know so Which apparently it's all false all false <laughs> so back to ryan he's actually going to head up to this cabin it's like any work that's been done on it has been done early there's going to be about a month of vacancy in the cabin before it eventually gets put up for sale on the market so he says he quits his job grabs a snowboard, he brings his dog with him and just heads up into the cabin, stay there for a month. Hmm. And he said, honestly, it was super dope once he got there because he would just go out snowboarding during the day, chill with his dog, play PlayStation, had tons of DVDs in the in the cabin as well. So he was set. And honestly, if I do say so myself, that sounds pretty legit. Just chilling in the cabin. I mean, I'd be down. <laughs> Switch it to an N64 and you got me. No cabin, just N64. <laughs> just N64. <laughs> so he, he describes the cabin a little bit as, as well. Like it's about a block away from the other two cabins that are in this smaller community right there. And it's surrounded by super tall pine trees on all sides, except for where the road comes up, right? And they had the base floor with a living room, kitchen. They had a little dining room in there. So like for all intents and purposes, it's a house, right? Mm. Um Stairs go up to the second floor. They had the two extra bedrooms, the master, and they even had like a little walkout from the master uh, bedroom that had like this balcony out on the front of the cabin. So it seems pretty legit. He said his first two days were pretty normal. Nothing really unusual. Um, And honestly, he probably wasn't paying too much attention either because he was still just living it up, chilling in the cabin. Now, he said on the third day... He takes his dog out to go do the business, and his uh, dog finds these footprints that are kind of on the out, outer rim of the property for the cabin, and they're not like coming towards the house or anything or the, towards the cabin or anything, but he could have sworn he was alone. Like, he didn't think anyone else was at the other two cabins. So they're human footprints? Yeah, human footprints. He could have sworn he was alone, that there weren't anyone at the other two cabins within this community. And if someone was staying at the other cabins outside of that, it would have been a mile plus away. So he he thinks it's a little weird. He's kind of creeped out, but doesn't necessarily put him off to where he's going to like leave. Hmm. So that night on the third day, uh, he decides to head to bed a little bit early. He's kind of gassed from snowboarding and then chilling all day. He's just trying to go to sleep. Um, And his dog Midnight was his dog's name, Hmm. decides to come and sleep in the master room with with him is where he's staying. So they're like, or he's like falling asleep or going in and out of sleep that night. And then all of a sudden he noticed the ears perk up on midnight, which is a little weird, um, but not necessarily to the point where he's like, it could be just a wild animal. Mm. Then midnight jumps off of the bed and runs downstairs. So he's kind of just playing this out in his mind. Maybe he just got, has to go to the bathroom or uh, I don't know. After he's sitting there for about five minutes, Midnight ran back upstairs and started to do like the, I got to go to the bathroom dance. So it's kind of like justified in his mind. Oh, he just needed to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So he uh, went downstairs, took the dog out. And then as his dog is going to the bathroom out in the yard or whatever, he perks up again. And he looks straight towards the forested edge of the property kind of where the dense trees, and it just becomes dark. Ryan thinks it's weird. He's already kind of creeped out, started with his dog freaking out earlier, and now there's something potentially in the woods, and he's, I don't know how much longer I'm trying to stay out here. Hmm. So he decides to head back in, goes up to the bedroom, goes back to bed. He says around a half an hour later, he's lying in his bed, and all of a sudden, what sounded like hooves walking on the roof 
This is Christmas, y'all. Uh, so. If this is a damn Christmas story, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> really? I promise it's and not. And then Tim Allen. <laughs> Arose such a clouder. <laughs> oh. Damn you. I swear, I swear it's not a Christmas okay. story. <laughs> I couldn't help it, though. Um, he says, what sounded like hooves walking on the roof. And he said it was only, it was like in a, a series of six steps. And he kind of just figured maybe it was pine cones falling or <laughs> like a small animal had gotten on the roof or something like that. And as it continued, he noticed that the spacing of the steps, if you will, sounded not like small steps, sounded mm. more like the stride of a human. Oh. Now he's starting to freak out a little bit more. Midnight, his dog also hears the noise and then was pretty quick to run to the balcony screen door. So there's this screen door from the master bedroom that goes out into the balcony. He runs over to the screen door, expecting Ryan to do the same, and Ryan's like, nah, I'm trying to go to sleep, so he stays in bed. So after midnight, stays there for a minute or two, and then kind of looks back and yips at him a little bit. He decides to finally get out of bed, throws his coat on, throws his shoes on, goes to the balcony, kind of shines a flashlight out, doesn't see anything. Hmm. He figures he's up, might as well grab a smoke. He grabs his cigarettes and heads downstairs. As he heads downstairs, he decides he's going to look back up at the roof to see maybe what was making that noise. And the weird thing is it doesn't look like there's any disturbance on the roof. Whatever was making that sound didn't leave any footprints, didn't knock any of the snow off. It apparently is undisturbed to the view from down below. So he starts to calm down a little bit. He's like, okay, maybe it was just all really in my head. And as he's doing that, he kind of is reminded that Midnight also saw something or heard something. So he kind of, he's, he's like doing this uh, good angel, bad devil. Well, mm-hmm. what could it be? I don't know. And he's starting to freak out again. So as he's sitting out there smoking, his eyes start to adjust to the darkness. And that is when he looked back up at the roof and sees something, but is not standing on the roof. He sees beyond the roof in the tall pine trees just behind the cabin what looks like a man standing on one of the branches and then holding onto the branch above it. So, like, he's still not sure what, if anything, is going on, but he could swear that there's something up there. So he's just looking at it, seeing if, I don't know, if it moves or anything like that. And as his eyes continue to adjust to the darkness, it just appears like something is standing there staring down at him now. So he gets this really bad feeling. He puts a cigarette out, runs back into the house, kind of has this secondary thought of maybe I should go shine the flashlight at it. Then he's like, no, I'm not, I don't even want to know. So he runs into the house, locks all the doors and windows, heads back up to his room. And then he goes back to bed. Another half hour passes, and all of a sudden, he hears like like a tapping, but on the patio door from the master bedroom. Mm. It's like 16 feet up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the second floor patio door is being tapped on, and Midnight stays in bed. He doesn't even want to go close to the door. And... Something occurs to Ryan at this point that his dad had always told him growing up, and I don't want to butcher it. He says, whenever I was scared as a kid, my dad had always told me that in life, you should not be scared of ghosts. Fear the living, though, because they can actually hurt you. So this kind (laughs) of goes through his head, and he's like, I'm not going to go to the door. Mm. He just decides he's just going to lay there, wait it out. The dog does the same thing after about 20, 25 minutes of this slow tapping. And it probably wasn't constant. It was probably like every, yeah, something like that. So after about 20, 25 minutes of that and his dad's voice in his head saying, fear the living, it stops. And he's finally able to fall asleep. The next day, he doesn't see any footprints. He goes and checks the patio. He checked up in the tree as well where he swore he saw something. And didn't see anything there either. Now, he says he was not on anything. He only smoked cigarettes. But he said he swears that his dad saved him that, li- that night. Because he doesn't know what it was, but there was something, some shadow that was trying to get him to go outside. 
And that's Ryan's story. Oh, dude, the cloven feet throw me off. Wait, was that in the story, like the hooves? Yeah, he said he sounded, it sounded like hooves. Yeah, that part throws me off. It's goat man. Oh, for sure. No, uh, was that the right move? Stay in bed. Yeah, I think so. I don't think him walking, I, I feel like I would have gone to the door. Hell no. <laughs> I just put myself in that position alone in a cabin in the woods. What, what difference does it make in the bed or across the room? Okay, so actually I remember this happening when we were recording 3 a.m. in our cabin at Provo Canyon. What happened? I can't remember who it was, but we were recording in that back room, and somebody says, oh, there's someone outside there. I just saw a face in the window. That was me. Oh, that's that you, dude? That was terrifying. I think you ran I ran to, to the, the door, door and like opened it up and was like, hell no, nah, is someone messing with me right now? Yeah, I so remember that. I guess that's my legit reaction. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so what's the advantage of staying in your bed? Why do, might as well just go to the door. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think in my head, it's important to show that you're not the one or that they're not the one in control. Mm-hmm. Because if they see you But they want you to scared, move to the door. Uh, for all we know, that's what it wants, right? Hmm. Possibly. Why? Uh, that's, that's what he says in the story. So if I'm working my way through this in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, it's, it's a branch or something like that. I probably go and check because then it clears all doubt in my mind. But if you go to the door and you're not opening it, what's the difference between that and not opening it from your bed? My only hesitation is like... Let's pretend we believe in all things paranormal. What are mm-hmm. we dealing with? You know what I mean? True. And if it's a human, I know what the rules are. I would know how I would react. But like if I believe it's an entity or a demon, I don't know. And then the I fact wouldn't want to play any games it's trying to play. So if, if it's tapping, I feel like it's trying to call you. I'm not going to answer that call. If I feel like it's a demon, that's how I feel about it. Well, and we've even talked about this before is some of those entities just thrive or they they enjoy the fear like skinwalkers skinwalkers yeah yeah so it's not even that it would have done anything possibly we don't know Mm because nothing happened but what if that's all that it wanted was to just terrify whoever it was that was there i get what you're saying there could be advantages because like what if yeah by asserting your dominance and showing up you like scare it off and by like staying in your bed maybe you fuel it because it's like oh it's terrified or you know, what if, like, you, by staying in your bed ignoring it, it, like, it's like, oh, I lost. Dude, more and more, like, as we've done this podcast and put ourselves in the shoes of some of these people, over time, I become more attracted to the idea of just wiling out in front of whatever's trying to terrify you. So <laughs> just just walk to the door, down, just pants, pants down. down. <laughs> yeah, just rubbing your nipples yeah. or... Start doing the haka. Yeah, licking the window, just, like, <laughs> yeah. getting all weird because... Especially if it's a human, if they see that, then I don't want to go into the house, dude. <laughs> Becomes you know, like I'm kind of dead ass right but now. But you're like, projecting your like standards on that person. And if you're dealing with a psychopath or something, they're just going to be like turned on by yeah, it. Yeah, they might get a boner or something. It could be turned on. It could be like, no, I'm not interested. That's true. It could you be, don't know. I yeah. don't know. I get what you're saying, though. And I don't, I don't know. To quote my friend in New Zealand, like Zion, he was always told like, just tell ghosts to shut up. <laughs> so he would be like, shut up. Like, that's how he, if he was scared. Yeah. I'm not scared. Shut up. <laughs> so there is the like door. power to that too. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, you, you truly do just got to trust your gut, you know? Hey. <laughs> but really though. <laughs> well, that's you. That's me for tonight. Dude, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Ryan. You had something? Really quick. In looking for a story today, I just read a short little comment of someone who was just adding to a conversation that was already happening. I don't remember their name, so I apologize. But they said they grew up in Kentucky, and them and a lot of friends would play hide-and-seek, random things like that, out in the forest, or they'd ride their bikes, make little ramps and go off of them. And they said it was like three or four of their friends. They're playing games near all these trees when one of them like stops and looks out into the forest, grabs his friend and points. And they all see like the silhouette because they can't see clear. It's getting a little dark. The silhouette of a man just standing slightly outside of the tree watching them. Ew. And they said they all get this really weird feeling. He's definitely staring right at them. And then he steps back behind the tree and steps out from like 10 trees to the left. Oh. And all of them said they watched him 
disappear and appear like 30 feet to the left. Portals, dude. Whatever that guy has, I want it. Because yeah. that would make travel so much easier. They said he did it like but... two or three times, and all of them stood there speechless. You need to be GTFOing, kids. They ran away. Bro, I've played hide-and-seek in Kentucky. They got some sketchy-ass woods out there. Maybe this dude is just like the hide-and-go-seek champion. Yeah. <laughs> He's be, like, dude. I will show these bitches, these kids. how to. <laughs> but one of them ended up telling their grandpa or something, and he said, you know, you need to be careful of the forest because the forest is a predator. Ooh. Like the forest Ooh. will hunt you. And he said uh, he it like changed his relationship forever with the forest. But it just reminded me of seeing the silhouette or like the shadow. Yeah. Very interesting. Forest is a predator. <laughs> That's a good one. A textable predator. <laughs> <laughs> Got that good wood. <laughs> oh, no. All right, give me my laptop, son. All right. This one I got from Reddit. So uh, this kid talks about when he was a senior in high school. He had had his uh, driver's license for about a year. And he loved just going solo hiking taking day trips, weekend trips, hiking. And he lives in uh, the Midwest, which is funny because in the story, he talks about being in like slot or box canyons. Trying to think of someplace in the Midwest that has canyons. Is that a thing? I thought Midwest was all flat. Maybe Dakotas? Midwest? Yeah. Does Dakotas counted the Midwest or is that more? Dakotas is probably Midwest. I think so. More than anything else. Uh, I yeah. can't think of any canyons up until the Ozarks and like Missouri and Arkansas. and Yeah. You guys tell me. But he goes to this one box canyon who, where he's been a few times before. He said it was autumn and late afternoon. So he didn't have much time left before it got dark. Especially in a canyon. Especially in a canyon. Yeah. Uh, he said there was a specific spot that he wanted to go and and see that he's been to before. He said he'd be able to come back fine or navigate through all right uh, with the time that he had left or the daylight that he had left. So he pulls up, he arrives there, and he starts hiking down from the trailhead. And he gets to the bottom of the canyon. He says by the time he got to the bottom of the canyon, he realized that he misjudged like the timing and the daylight that was available. Uh, We've been there. <laughs> but he decided to go ahead anyway. We've been there. Can relate. Yeah. So the moment he reached the the canyon floor, he said, I just got that feeling that something wasn't right. So every few steps that I took, I was looking behind me. He said, after five, ten minutes of hiking, I was still doing this, but I wasn't seeing anything. There wasn't any substance to that feeling. Uh, but like I nothing had, gave him a reason to? No. Hmm. But I had that feeling nonetheless. So Do you have I, like a headlamp with him or anything too? I'm not or? sure. He doesn't say. Hmm. He doesn't say. He didn't say that it was dark, but he said that the sun was starting to go down by the time he got to the so bottom of the canyon. darker at least. Yeah. 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 It's not broad daylight. Once you get to that spot though, like once you look once out of fear, you will look a thousand more times. Oh yeah, dude. I've been there. So I always kind of try to put it off because I know the second I, I won't stop. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Just kind of like not entertaining that thought. Mm. Mm. Um, so he tries to ease off the throttle until he hears another s- sound of f- footsteps. And it's in the distance. It's okay. This is a like somewhat popular trail, but I haven't seen anybody yet. The parking lot was empty when I got there. It's possible somebody came behind me. But it is also later in the day, so less people are likely to be out. But he tries to hurry up his pace, and he can hear the footsteps coming closer and closer. And he looks behind, but he can't see anything. So it gets to the point where the footsteps are close enough where he should be able to see someone. But every time he looks back, nothing. Mm. Finally, he glances backwards and says, I spotted a man peeking out from behind a tree. Not far at all. Maybe 100 feet. It was the weirdest thing to catch a guy watching me. He knew I'd seen him and stepped out saying, Sorry, I didn't want to scare you. So I act terrifying? <laughs> oh. oh, that's creepy. That's weird that you're being predatory. But politely predatory? But, yeah. <laughs> like... 
consensual predator, like I'm, predator. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like <laughs> that whole vibe is no bueno. Yeah, no. He said he was an adult man. I was a scrawny 17 year old. Oh, okay, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I want to riff off that. Okay. <laughs> Can't think of anything right now. Riff off what? Because in the edit, no one will know. <laughs> At that moment, he decided to go back to his car. He doesn't explain how because the man was behind him. And it sounds like it was just a one-way, like, in and out hike type of a hike. Mm. But he says he mumbles something about forgetting something in his car. And as soon as he turns the corner in the trail... And gets out of this man's sight or thinks he's out of this man's sight. Yeah, he sprints and gets back to the parking lot. And there's still only his car in the parking lot. <laughs> Where did nope. this dude come from? I don't I like don't that. know. I don't know. I don't like that. But he gets in his car and he drives off. Makes it home safe. Oh, Thank gosh. goodness. Yeah. But that I was, would shit a brick when you got to the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Me too. He was fully expecting another car to be there. I mean, I don't know. Because I'm imagining this is pretty far out. So it's not like there's a McDonald's across the street mm-hmm. and the guy no. could have walked. No, it's like he's way out there backpack so, or solo hiking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Could be a through hiker. And if there's no car, you have to imagine the guy would have gear. True. Unless he's like has a camp set up yeah, out there. But say. still, it's like odd behavior. Like a skilled outdoorsman at the very least, mm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, dude. Yeah, no, that's creepy. I don't I get, like that. I get in the habit of counting cars before I start hikes, too. Like, just the other day, I went, went on one, and I counted, like, five cars. I saw four people as I walked up, and I was like, okay, I have to see at least one more person, or else this is going to be weird. Mm. I get to the top, there's one person. I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> all smart. is accounted for. Yeah, all is accounted for. <laughs> that's smart. I like that. Is there any other things you might think are irrational that you do to protect yourself? Like, things like that? A lot of times when I walk into buildings, I look for cameras and windows and exits. I just to be aware of like how to get out mm-hmm. or I think that's a good practice. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, cuz like if I'm sitting in a movie theater when those were a thing, I would always have my exits, make sure no one was sitting behind me if it was a scary movie. Yeah, Sean and I had a pretty strict routine because we would see every scary movie that premiered. <laughs> like, no one was allowed to sit behind us in the theater, so we'd have to, like, you know, move to the very back. Or If there's, like, one person in the theater, it's even sketchier, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Dude, Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> I, uh, Those are the days. When I when I eat at restaurants, I try to sit with facing the door. So I, can I see do the that door too. at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Even when I was in school, like in class, I'd always try to sit in the spot where I could see the whole room and my back was close to the wall. Mm. But, when I sleep at night, I try to sleep closer to the door so my wife's like further from the door. Mm-hmm. Y'all know about the jar of coins I put behind my door. <laughs> Bro, I, uh, you guys were at the yurt. Mm. So I came home late one night One night after hanging out with Mallory. and Were you alone here? Yeah, I was alone here. Yikes. And the front door was open. Shut up. Yeah. Bro. The front door is open, so I, I lock it, and I grab a knife, and I walk through the whole house. Smart. Even downstairs? Even in the basement, dude. Ooh. Yeah, even in that, cold, like, the cold room, the concrete safe yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went everywhere. <laughs> and I was, like, taking wide turns around corners, like, holding the knife. I went in everybody's room. I went in the closets. And then after I made sure nothing was there, I locked everything, came into my room, checked my closet. I'm clear. Check my windows. They're locked. Uh, go to bed but for some reason my doorknob doesn't have a lock bro ten dollars so i grabbed that chair and put it underneath the doorknob dude like an old school like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's how i kept myself safe it was mm. smart dude who the f- is leaving our door open dude yeah. you just terrified me yeah. <laughs> i thought something happened <laughs> yeah that's but, weird uh that's my story tonight kind of short but fun yeah thank you thank you whoever that was For our patrons, tune into our next story. It's not quite a story. It's more of a video. (gasps) Cool. Fun experience. Mm -hmm. It's a video we can watch and then we can discuss. Perfect. We'll put it up for you guys to to watch as well and let us know your thoughts. So. Without further ado. Thanks, Deej. All right. All right. First one. This person was driving down the road, sunny day, mid-afternoon, almost absent-mindedly driving. Um, 
normal traffic, normal day, when they looked up in their rearview mirror and they see a hand reach up in their back seat. They swerve, almost hit like a medium, and they manage to pull into a parking lot or something, hop out of the car, heart rate's racing, look in the back, nothing there. (laughs) Nothing loose in their car, nothing that could understandably be mistaken for a hand. The car's like empty. There was no deaths in their family, no deaths of friends, no significant events in their life. And as far as they could tell, that location had no significance. And they were like, I have no idea what that was. But that's just one of my biggest fears. (laughs) I have a hard time looking in rearview mirrors in cars. And this just solidifies it. All right. After Sydney 3 p.m. on Dolls released... I got a little more information about the house of dolls that I was talking about that I'd been to. So after listening, Taylor reached out to me, who is the friend who invited me to come over, watch a movie with friends. And just to reiterate, this house belonged to a deceased member of her friends. So Taylor, my friend, her friend, some older relative, female, passed away. And there's this gigantic house that day. They were just like, yeah, you can live here. So it's two college girls living in this house and they stuck to like the tiniest quarters, like a living room and two bedrooms and a bathroom in the basement. Because the rest was creepy (laughs) as It definitely had a weird feeling. This house's decor was all over the place. A lot of it's like 70s, 80s. They didn't live in most of the house. So when they gave us a tour, you could feel very unlived in and it was like a maze. Like halls would go around, connect. There's a back door over here that it would like walk behind this room. You know what I mean? It was just odd. And now all that culminating into when they took us to the room, open the door, and there's like a hundred dolls everywhere. It was unsettling. I was like, this is hilariously scary. It's like a movie set, <laughs> but it's real life. This is someone's life. There's a whole wing of the house they never went in. It was almost like added on after the house was built and it looked homemade. I remember it. Like the ceilings were like seven feet instead of like a normal nine or 10. <laughs> it was odd. Like there in like doorways were really narrow. Like someone just went out there and, and built this wing. Bro, it's, it's just like frosting the- holding the walls together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Smells of cinnamon. <laughs> Weird. It, so she said, we had a lot of experiences in that house. A little bit of background. There's a code to get into the door. There's a code to get into the house. Those two were the only ones who knew the code. They didn't share it with friends for security reasons. The only other people who knew the code was like her relative's son or something who was like an older man who lived in Washington or her parents that lived down in Payson. The house was equipped with like a thermostat that would go on if it sensed people were in there. So there was like a little thing in the corner. If there was movement, it would like regulate the temperature in the winter. And I think that's it. So they said a lot of the times in that house, they would catch weird vibes. And since they wanted to continue living there, they would do their best to like, you know, put it out of their mind and just kind of continue about their day. But things escalated to a point where Taylor had to move. So some of the things that would start happening is constantly their thermostat sensor would go off upstairs, like all the time. And their relative would... Um, message him and be like you know why did the door upstairs or the window upstairs open last night at 2 a.m is everything okay they just be like uh they go check nothing was disturbed but he would get those like notifications (laughs) the wing that was like looked a little bit handcrafted to me they said they never went in there except to like get something or check the back door but every time they would go in there the light would be on even though both of them swear and remember, they always turn the light off. So that light would always just come on. Until one morning, Taylor got home really late at night, went to bed, woke up early next morning to get ready for school or something. And as she's rushing out of the house, she passes the upstairs, or like the stairs to the upstairs. And out of the corner of her eye, she sees something. And she says, instantly chills up her spine something's wrong she turns and stares up the stairs and she sees something sitting at the top of the stairs did she take a photo 
Yes. What? Oh my gosh, can I swear? Bro, if this is a bioluminescent Tasmanian <laughs> devil, I swear. First of all, this is the room of dolls. Just one that she had. That room was creepy, bro. So she sees this thing at the top of the stairs. And she walks up and takes a photo. And this is what is sitting at the top of the stairs. It better not be a fucking doll. Oh, shit. What is that? The way you just shoved that picture in my face. <laughs> a little aggressive. I'm sorry. Hell no, bro. I'd throw like a baseball at it. So what do you see? It's a, Is this a rocking chair? I can't tell. It looks like it's a rocking chair with the creepiest porcelain baby face doll with some clogs on just staring at you. Okay, so I see this, and I know this person decently well, so I was like, all right, so like your roommate was playing a prank on you? And she's like, no. I screamed, woke her up. She came out, screamed, and both of them like looked at each other. I was like, I need you to not play around right now. Did you do this? And they were like, no, I swear. Like, I did not do this. And they asked anyone who they could think of who could come into the house. And they were like, I need you to be serious right now. Like, this is like safety because someone was in our house. Did you do this? And every single one was like, no. And they're like, unless that guy drove down from Washington, came into the door. <laughs> He's like an old uncle or something. Put it up the, up at the top of the stairs and then like drove away. They were like, and then he lied to us. It's like, that's the only explanation. But shortly after that, she moved out. Smart. Yeah, move. someone was in the house. That thing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Hundreds fact, of people. A hundred of yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, were in That's the house. Annabelle's cousin, right there, bro. Uh, she said that was just like that was Dude, enough. That would be terrifying to see. At, just sitting at the top of the stairs, and the background behind it just makes it dark and creepy looking, bro. Frick. That's that straight nightmare fuel. It really is. And yeah. So that's that's a little bit more about what happened in that house. That's like down in Provo. <laughs> Damn. But I remember distinctly, I went with Sean. We watched a movie, and it was an odd, eerie place. It really it was, was. very odd. You had just like the weird, like stuffy vibe like you get in most grandparents' houses. But then it was just like, I feel like cold feeling as well. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, just it was severely eerie. unlived in is yeah. what it felt like. Yeah, like a vintage shop. Yeah, but like. Not uh, like a, not like a. Sell champion hoodies and mark it up eighty percent. <laughs> yeah, vintage shop, but like not a, a consignment shop. We're yeah. talking, we're talking Satan's vintage shop yeah. right here. But anyway, that's uh that's a <laughs> little bit more background on that. Huh. Oh man! All right, last one. Burn the house. <laughs> this person said this happened to them a few months ago. They are living in an apartment, and they were doing chores they were cleaning up so they had cleaned the kitchen wiped down the living room straightened everything up and they were just finishing up vacuuming when they went to put the vacuum away it went in this closet that's in the hall and this closet's a little odd it's one of those ones with like a door in the ceiling that goes up into the attic that like goes over the whole apartment so as they're putting it away they had been toying with this idea before but it hit them extra strong now that what if someone's living up there? Like, what if someone's up there? It's possible. There has been a lot of times they've noticed things move and they couldn't quite remember if it was them. Sometimes they couldn't find something they swore they put down on the shelf. So they did something that I think maybe a lot of us have done before, <laughs> but they just started talking out loud as if someone was up there. So they pause, wrapping the cord around the vacuum. They look up at the door. It's closed but they yell pretty loudly. All right, I know you're up there. It's time to come out. Silence. And they go, come on, I'm not playing around. You need to come out. I'm gonna give you the count of five. One, two, three, four. And they decided not to finish. wrapped the cord up, put it in the closet, and shut the door. They think, whatever, that was silly, not even worth my time. Go back to like set something down in the living room, 
And as they're walking back through the same hall they left about 60 seconds earlier, they see something on the floor right outside the door. They pause because they know for a fact there's no way they could have missed this. They walk up to it, and it's a playing card. A red, like, playing card, face down. They slowly bend down and pick it up, and they flip it over. It's a joker, bro. (laughs) It's the number four. And they stare at it. They know exactly what card this is. They know exactly where it comes from. It comes from a set in a case inside the shelf in that closet. And now it's sitting in the middle of the floor. He said, in this hallway, there's no furniture. Nothing this thing could have fallen from. There's no like nooks or crannies. It's just a hallway, blank hallway. There's not even like pictures around the closet. He said it freaked him out super bad. To the point where they run to the kitchen and grab a knife. And they pull a DJ and they search every nook and cranny of the house. They don't say if they go upstairs or up in the attic. But for a solid period of time afterward, they locked their bedroom door at night. Definitely was like on high alert of everything. And to this day, they said they are clueless as to how that card got on that floor. And like what that means, how that happened. What the explanation is. No further happenings? No, not a, not so not Why yet. didn't they say they... They said if, it only happened a couple months ago, so... Why didn't they say if they looked upstairs in the attic? Or if they, like, they should have called some friends over and be like, yo, we're going to war. So what they did say is... They said they searched the whole house with a weapon. So maybe they did go up there. They just didn't explicitly say they went up there. But I mean, searching the whole house, and especially if that's your source of like suspicion, maybe they poked their head in. I could understand them not going up there right away because you'd be like, Ugh. like if there is someone up there, I'm not just going to go up there. Did they say what a- suit it was? No. I wanted to know. I almost said the four of hearts, but I wanted to stay true to the source. <laughs> But no, they didn't. And I was wondering if that means anything. Why? Do you have any I was just theories? looking it up. And Four of Hearts is the first one I looked up as well. And uh-huh. the Four of Hearts is signifies discontent or friction. Whoa. I didn't know cards had intention or connotation. Are you looking at playing cards or tarot cards? Uh, playing cards. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, people in the comments were like, four is a very unlucky number in Asian, I think specifically Chinese culture. Oh, JK, it's a tarot card. <laughs> but still, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe they didn't have any tarot cards on hand. They're like, here, have this four of hearts. Hmm. I can't remember, but I told a story about the vacant floor in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember which number floor. Oh, yeah. I it might have been that. four. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. But because I think, like, the look up the Chinese word for or the Mandarin word for death. Yeah, I think, I think four is the number in Taiwan that's that's or in uh, Chinese culture that's unlucky, because si is four and si is death. Mm. But I mean, she didn't say she wasn't Asian, but I didn't get the feeling she was. Yeah. I don't know why, but um, but, but really it's just something to consider. Number, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, that when I was reading that <laughs> in the second, because I've done that before, we're like. I've had a feeling, what if someone's looking at me in the window? So I just like turn and stare out the window like I caught them or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so when she started doing that, I was like, I related super hard. But at the same time, like giving them an ultimatum like that and like, you know, saying like manifest yourself at five. Mm. I'm like, that's dangerous. <laughs> I, t- I tell you how recently if like I feel like something's around or like something's watching, I'll like call out to them and be like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's hilarious. But that's like, exactly like what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I caught you. Count to five. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mel and I were hiking and we were like, uh, I can't remember where we were, but I remember like calling out in the woods. Like, and Mel's like, I, I see was like, you. I see too. you. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing's happened. Right. Yeah, no. Don't call out to him. I usually flip it off. <laughs> Sean do be flipping things off. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sean, every time we uh, go under like a intersection with a light with a camera, he's always flipping off the camera. <laughs> it's just that rowdy 12-year-old Kyle with a monster. <laughs> um, That's me tonight. 
I just had a couple short ones that I thought were fun. Those are those are pretty good ones. Though. That is fun. Like, I love the doll one, dude. Dude, that's terrifying. That's enough to move. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. And if you're a landlord, I feel like you have to let them out of that contract. <laughs> it's like they have v- picture evidence of terror. You're like, okay, yeah, no, that's valid. You can, you can <laughs> yeah. go. And here's your deposit. We'll you just know. rip this up. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like she had some more, but I'll have to reach back out. But thank you, Taylor, and everyone else who contributed stories tonight. Thank you. I'll talk to my contact about the monolith and see if it's worth Let investigating further. Let I don't want to get tied up in anything. You know? I don't want anyone to come after us. Hmm. Or do I? I don't know. That'll be fun. It's been a good episode. Anything else to add? No, sir. We're close. Hope everyone out there is doing well. Thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for reaching out, commenting, liking, sharing with a friend. Keep sending in um, stories. We appreciate it. If you guys still want, we have a couple 3 a.m. t-shirts left. You can go to our store on our website, the3ampodcast.com. Um, but yeah, we appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the3am pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Okay, this might be premature, but something exciting might be happening. (laughs) And we'll tell you guys more later. (laughs) But it could be big. Could be cool. Could be pretty neato. Pretty neato. That's all I have to say. Love you. Bye. (laughs) I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted? taken from you would you call me would you care about how I got them back (sighs) download American Vigilante now hello this is Dr. Grande the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.